From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy today to welcome you to our time together here. We do this broadcast five days a week right here on this station, and we hope that you'll join us as often as you possibly can. This week we've been talking about the subject of religion. That term often does not connote what it should. It sometimes has to do with things that really ought never to be connected to your faith at all. And so we kind of prefer to use the term faith in regard to all about the matters that relate to the Lord rather than talk about it as religion. And I think even though religion's a good word, sometimes it doesn't communicate to us what it ought to communicate. So today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. I'll read that in just a moment. Let me just remind you, this is Friday, and Monday, next Monday, July 18th, the National Sword of the Lord Conference gets underway in Walkertown, North Carolina, in the auditorium of the Great Gospelite Baptist Church there in the suburbs of Winston-Salem, and we hope that you're going to plan to be with us. Bring your family, bring your church family. You're going to be blessed by all the things that are happening there. Starting Monday night at 7 o'clock, there will be sessions in the morning, afternoon and evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Folks are coming from everywhere, all across the country and around the world, and we hope that you'll join on us there. No registration fees, no fees of any kind. We simply want you to be there, and we trust that you will. Thank you for praying for us, and I do trust to see you at the National Sword of the Lord Conference starting Monday night. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, verse 22, and verse 23. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, if somebody today made a statement like that, some naive and immature Christian would wave the flag and say, oh, that is terribly judgmental. Well, you know, honestly, there are things that we do have to make judgments about. We have to. Jesus told us that we should. And at the same time, Jesus here in this passage is making very, very clear that he is, in fact, going to be very precise because some folks are going to be religious but lost. They're going to be religious, but unsaved. They're going to be religious, but they are not committed to the things that they should be committed to. They've not put their faith where it should be, and consequently, it is a false religion. So we looked at this, and we've looked at a number of things about it throughout the week here, and sometimes people ask questions about things like this, and they maybe do so sincerely, but it's at the same time rather naive to do so. They will say things like, Well, isn't one religion just as good as another? Well, let me give you the precise answer to that. No, one religion is not just as good as another. Other people will ask, well, can't each of us decide how we want to do it? And again, the answer very pointedly is no, it's not up to us to decide. All of these issues related to eternal matters, the Lord has already very carefully delineated 
the truth. He has defined the terms. He has set things up for us, and we have to do things his way. Sometimes people will say, well, isn't it possible for us to interpret the Bible as we choose? And once again, the answer is no. You'll remember that great passage that tells us that the Word of God is not of any private interpretation. That just simply means that you and I cannot personally come up with a game plan and just say, well, I'm going to lean this way with that passage. We need to figure out exactly what it says and follow that and not try to reinvent things as we go. You see, the scriptural truth, as the Lord lays it out, is the standard. It should be the standard for our faith. It should be the standard for our life. It should be the standard about every decision we make. I'm telling you, the scripture, the word of God, that is God's truth, and you and I ought to live with that and work with that. Now, when Jesus said here in this passage that we're looking at, there are a lot of folks, they're religious. They've been preachers. They've been casting out devils. They've been uh, doing many wonderful things, but they do it out of a heart that is not right toward God, and consequently, they're not saved, and they're not on board to go to heaven. Now, you say, how is all of that possible? Well, religion can fail, it will fail, and only the Lord can make the difference here. Satan is a master counterfeiter. He is the creation of shams and scams. I mean, just one after another. He is the huge promoter of hypocrisy in every sense of the word. In fact, you may remember in John's gospel, Jesus said about the devil, "'Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do.'" He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now that is a biography of the devil. That is telling us what kind of a schemer that he really is, and he invents all kinds of things that will, in fact, take people down the trail to destruction. It will take anybody who follows him all the way down to hell. Now just remember, that passage tells us clearly that the devil is a liar, he will not deal in truth. He is a deceiver. He will tell you whatever he can tell you that will get you to go with him. He is a master manipulator, and he will do everything in his power to fool you and to take you where you don't need to go. Now, I think we just need to remember Jesus has given us a lot of precious things about how to get things right and how to do things like they need to be done. And among the things that he tells us is, the whole matter of religion or faith, the whole matter of our relationship with him, it is a matter of the heart. I was noticing in reading Psalm 119, that great lengthy chapter in the Psalms, there are a number of verses that have the phrase, whole heart, with my whole heart. And it is simply a strong indicator that our relationship to the Lord is a heart matter, and it needs to be wholehearted. It doesn't need to be half-baked. And so when Jesus tells us that it's not just a matter of the external things, a lot of folks think, well, I'll just dress myself up a little bit. I'll clean things up a little bit. I'll do what I've heard that Christians ought to do. And they think that will get it done. But I want you to notice this. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus gave a very, very important principle in verse number 8 when he said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. 
Here again, Jesus is making clear, you need to get in relationship with him all the way down deep inside. It's not enough just to put on a show. It's not enough just to display some of the things that you think are Christian. But it's a matter of getting your heart clean, getting your heart right, and getting things set, not just to be able to say it with your mouth, but to mean it with all of your heart. Remember that great passage in uh, chapter 10 of Romans that says that it's with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 21, gave a very stinging indictment of the folks there in the temple who were setting up their displays, and they were selling things so that the Jews would have things to sacrifice. And because many of the people traveled a distance to get there, they didn't bring the sacrifices with them. They expected to buy them. And of course, these merchants, they were jacking the price up. And Jesus said, you've made my house a den of thieves. And of course, they were not on board religiously like they needed to be. They did not have their heart into that. They were just interested in making whatever they could that was a dollar. And that is always a tragic circumstance. That's in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. Later in that same chapter, Matthew 21, Jesus gave an illustration he talked about how that the prophets were rejected, and last of all, God sent his son, and he made the point how that they rejected the stone. They've rejected the one, the foundation that is the very heart of the whole issue. And he told how that to reject the stone meant ultimately to be crushed by the stone. And I'm just simply telling you, there is a judgment coming, and we ought not to pretend that it is not so. You get to Matthew chapter 23, and if you'll just mark, as I've done in my Bible, there are at least eight times in that chapter where Jesus uses the word W-O-E. That's woe. Now, I always say when you read the word W-O-E in the Bible, it means W-H-O-A. Jesus gives the warning with a woe, but he really means, hey, hold up here, stop, come to a halt. And he tells us that here are some things that ought not to be. And in this 23rd chapter of Matthew, when he says, woe, eight different times, he's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, that religious crowd. He calls them blind guides. He says they are not in the neighborhood of where they need to be. And they, although they have much religion, they are simply not walking with God. And uh, you read on a little further into Matthew chapter 24, and Jesus begins to talk about what we often refer to as the end-time religion. So we have all of this being said in such a way that it reminds us that we get things in focus, we get things in perspective like they need to be. And dear friends, here I just have to make the point. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7, that we should not be as the scribes. They were copying the scriptures. They were living with the word of God in their hands, but they did not have it in their heart. Matthew chapter 16, twice Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were dabbling in things and they thought, well, a little of this, a little of that. And Jesus said, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. And they were simply not walking the walk that they needed to walk. And consequently, their religion was faulty. It was flawed. It failed. And the consequence of that is absolutely tragic. Now, if we look at all of this, and I've hammered on this all week long because so many people get trapped 
in things that are cultic. They get trapped in things that are nowhere in the neighborhood of where the Bible is, or they've bought into a bad Bible, something that has been tinkered with, something that has been watered down to fit the culture or to accommodate certain bias. And uh, they say, well, I've got a Bible here, and this is what it says. Well, you need to be sure that you've got a Bible that's correctly and properly, authentically translated. I mean, come on. I know the Bible, written in Hebrew, written in Greek, primarily, and we need to get a good English accounting of that, and we have that in the King James text. Now, the fact is, a lot of these new Bibles will take you down trails where you don't need to go, and I'm just simply waving the flag of warning here and saying, dear friend, let's not forget who we are, what we're about, who we represent, and what this is supposed to be. Get your faith down deep in your heart. Quit making excuse for worldly behavior and decide that you're going to walk with God in the clearest kind of a way. Determine that you're going to be a flag waver, in effect, for the Lord. You're going to sound the trumpet. I mean, let your voice be heard, and you're going to be the servant of God that will be pleasing to the Lord. Whether men care for you, whether men like you, whether you meet the approval of everybody up and down the street or not, is inconsequential, and it is of no real concern. The fact is, you and I need to determine that we will please God more than we pleasure other people, and if we'll do that, then we're likely to be on track. But remember, we must stick to the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God, and every single thing, our doctrine, our demeanor, our behavior, our church life, everything needs to be governed and geared by the Word of God. Listen, I'm so glad that you joined us today, and I hope these studies on religion maybe will be of some help and wave the flag of caution where it needs to be waved. Don't forget, the weekend's ahead. Go to church on Sunday and plan to be with us Monday at the National Sword of the Lord Conference in Walkertown, North Carolina. That's Monday, July the 18th, coming right at us, 7 p.m. on Monday night. We'll look forward to seeing you there. And in the meantime, do write me a note. Let me hear from you. I will be delighted. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And do check us out at our website at swordofthelord.com. Until Monday, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. <laughs>